someone's heart for this congregation to take of this knowledge then according to the mind of God you are ready hallelujah you are ready let's open our Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 46 from verse 9 to 10 tell your neighbor the end times Let me rush there quickly. Isaiah chapter 46 from verse 9 to 10. So you you understand why as the body of Christ we have the wisdom that touches the end of all humanity. So help me read. One to one we go. Isaiah 46, 9 to 10. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Say, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So, God declares the end from the beginning. He declares the things that are not yet done. Right? And he says, those things shall be done because his counsel shall stand forever. So when you're dealing with such a God and then you have the revelation of the end times, you already have the confirmation that what his counsel holds will be. Will be. So you're not, you're not guessing about the, the future of the world. You're not guessing about the possibility of the unfolding of the events that the Bible talks about. Right? So, many people love to to approach the end times from the book of Revelation. But you see, that book will confuse you. 
if you do not have a witness to it. And there's many uh, places in the, in the scripture that players witness for that book. The spirit of prophecy does not die. It will amaze you to know that even in the book of Genesis, God prophesied the second coming of Jesus. I'll show you. And it's more like as if every dispensation that, that lived had a certain sound from God about the end times. Praise the Lord Jesus. So, one of the witnesses to this book of Revelation, what I mean is, let's come from the foundation. Let's have a starting point of, of all these things. Praise God. And we will start from the book of Daniel. Hallelujah. We will start from the book of Daniel. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll start from the book of Daniel, chapter 9. Praise God. So I hope you have a pen and a book with you. Praise God. Daniel chapter 9. Let's read from verse 20. Let's read from verse 20. He says, And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of, of my God. He says, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, that's the angel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly. Yeah? So angels, there are angels that have wings. Because this one was flying. Okay? But there are those that don't have wings. Yeah? <laughs> being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you, uh, to give you skill to understand. He says, At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Now, where is Daniel coming from before God honors him with such a great revelation? You see, there is no perfect understanding for the end times if you don't appreciate the visions that God gave to Daniel the prophet. Because one time when the disciples in Matthew 24 asked Jesus again, about the signs of the end times, the signs of his second coming. He pointed out to them so clearly and he said to them, let he who reads Daniel understand. Right? Can we, can we go there? Matthew 24, 15 says, therefore when you see the abomination of desolation, 
I'll show you what that really is and when that is going to happen. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in the holy place, he says, whoever reads, let him understand. So, the signs of the end times will play out. You get what I'm saying? But the danger is that if you have not read Daniel the prophet, praise God, you will not have understanding of the times. The Bible again, in the episodes of Peter, talks of the people that mock. They mock the, the, the second coming of our Lord Jesus. Peter says, they say, where is he? He said he'll come again. Yeah? He said he's going to come. You see, we're not only going to talk about the end times. There's no way you can talk about the end times and not talk about the rapture. There's no way you can talk about the rapture and not talk about... Uh, uh, help me, Holy Spirit. And, and, and not talk about... Thank you, Lord Jesus. The, the second coming. So it's the second coming, the rapture, and the end times. Are we together? So Peter, I don't know if you're there. Look at this, 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, can, can we go from the first verse? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, Beloved, I now write to you this second episode, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Yeah? He says, That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. You get what I'm saying? In your relationship with God, it's imperative that you keep track with the prophets. I'm not talking of the prophets that are not in the scripture. I'm talking of the prophets in the scripture. I'm not talking about the prophet alphas. Those who want to tell you birthdays and excite you. You understand? Peter says we have a more sure word of prophecy. And he says, you do well. You do well if you give heed unto it. You do well. Yeah? Can we go there? So you understand why I'm, I'm, I'm taking you back to Daniel. You see? <laughs> and again, as you read from the uh, prophets and you read the book of Revelation, you realize many people have actually talked of things in the book of Revelation and they don't relate with truth. And yet, the strictest warning of that book, he says, if any man adds to it or subtracts from it, he says, greater damnation awaits. It's the reason I never told on that book until I was ready. Because in the process of trying to justify yourself, you see, as being able to teach of it, you see, you might twist the truth and the Bible says it's your own destruction. It's that sacred. It's that holy that God wants men to meet with the accuracy of what it points to. But he's willing to punish the one that takes from it or adds to it. And the only way you cannot be found victim of them that take from it or add to it is if you rightly divide the word of truth. If you rightly divide the word of truth. 
So Peter said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Now, don't, don't, you know, there are people who want to make this scripture sound a certain way, but it's self-explained. Yeah? It's like a light that shines in a dark place. Right? Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. That's how we deal with the prophets. In other words, there's a time for the manifestation of everything they said. But it matters to God that you stay awakened to what they declared. Hallelujah. He says the church is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. Again, I'm not talking of the apostles of today and the prophets of today. He's talking about the prophets of old and the apostles of the Lamb. That's our foundation. So there's a problem if we don't relate with what gives us the the verdict for heights and depths in God. So he says you do well. Yes, go back, go back. You do well. Mm-hmm. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Next verse. He says, knowing this first. This is important. He says, knowing this first. That no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So the one who wants to add to it or take from it. There's a law in the spirit that is with these things. It's not to be privately approached minus the accuracy of what it points to. He says in the next verse, for the prophecy came not in old time. You see that? Not in old time. Old time. So he's talking about the prophets of old. But the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. He says, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, the scriptures, if you understand the power of the scriptures, to know that the words, the communications of eternity have been wrapped up in this compendium you call a Bible, you will not take your Bible for granted. The fate of all life has been judged here. It's the finality of all truth. Men lived. And what they said was captured for you. So every time, and you see, that was the easiest way God would reach to all of us. If you had to put it in a book, was the easiest way we would all access the word of God. <coughs> Separate the Lord. Hallelujah. So we go back to Peter. He, he speaks of those. He says that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the com- and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord. You see, us, the apostles, 
and the old prophets. So when he talks about the prophets and the apostles, it's not prophet Alpha and uh, Apostle Edward. No. Hallelujah. Now continue. He says, knowing this first, help me read one to one we go. Uh-huh. Knowing this first. In the last days. Uh-huh. Continue. Uh-huh. And say, where is the promise of his coming? Where is the promise of his coming? Uh-huh. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they went from the beginning of the creation. That's the temptation of the devil. The mind to think. His head is coming, but he's not coming. Christians have even made jokes about the coming of our Lord. The girl tells the boy, will you wait for me? And the boy says, if, if I'm able to still wait for the Lord to come back, how about you? I've, he's, he's trying to say, I've waited for 27 years for his coming. How about you? Hallelujah. And again, Peter explains why such people scoff at his coming. Why such people scoff at his coming? Continue. He says, he says, for this they willfully forget. So, so there's a willingness not to be consistent with the word of the prophets concerning the coming of the Lord. He says, for this they willfully forget. When you get a man talking like that, they have chosen to forget. They've chosen to forget. He says, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of water and in the water. By the word, you see, the very word that says he's going to come. Peter is saying, is the very word that said the heavens should stand. Is the very word that said the waters should stand. He says, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Continue. He says, but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved, by what? By the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Next verse. He says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing. Now, Peter is trying to explain to you why it seems like as if the Lord has taken so long to come. You need to understand that when the prophets we're speaking of the second coming of the Lord Jesus and what they point to as the day of the Lord drawing nigh. You see, they were not speaking from the time of men. Because when you're speaking from the time of men, there's no urgency. But when you're speaking from the, 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 the equation that says one day is as a thousand years. Are you hearing in the equation of a thousand years, you can say, he said he's coming. Where is he coming? But because the prophets were speaking from the one day equals a thousand, what appeared as a thousand to you for them was one day. So, because of what they beheld as one day, there was conviction with urgency. 
to declare. That's why they say the day of the Lord draweth nigh. And you say, but the prophet said the day of the Lord draweth nigh. But listen, he told you one day in the sight of the Lord is as a thousand years. That's the standard. That's the standard that defines or relates the time of the earth with the time of God. I don't know if I'm helping someone. Now, don't be the kind that loses the, the passion to relate with this wisdom like they did. They willfully, the Bible says they willfully did what? So, let's go to Daniel chapter 9. Um, thank you, Jesus. Now, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Israel splits into two. Then you have Judah. Then you have Israel. Judah has Jerusalem for a capital city. And Israel has Samaria for what? The reason for that splitting was because of the sin of Solomon. Right? It was because of the sin of Solomon, if you remember. Then Israel begins to worship uh, idols. They begin to practice sorcery. They willfully gave into the disobedience of God's law. Praise the Lord Jesus. And eventually the same thing catches up with, with Judah. Right? Right from the days of men like Manasseh the king, who were so desperate for power that they would sacrifice their own sons because they wanted to see the spirit but at the same time rule as kings. So much was done. And then God allows them to go into captivity under the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. That is the realm of Babylon. So they were under the rule of Babylon for 70 years and God promised that after 70 years they would return to their land. You see? And that prophecy was given by Jeremiah the prophet. And that is in Jeremiah chapter 25, 11. Jeremiah 29, 10 to 11. Again, you will see. Have you seen that scripture that we love to personally? I use it. I use it. Where we love to say, I know the plans that I think towards you. Hmm? You know that scripture? Okay, let's. Let's 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 go there. Let's go to Jeremiah. Eh? 29 what? 11. Eh? I want to show you. <laughs> I want to show you. So such that you that love to teach, what you're going to see is going to tell you next time you open the Bible, don't just read the line and Jesus went to Capana. Hmm. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hallelujah. So help me read one to one we go. For I know. You see, when you read the word for I know, that word is because. It means it's, it's, it's a reason for the statement that was made before. You don't just rush. Hmm? Sister, don't cry. God will give you a husband. He says, for I know. No. 
That word for is because. Because I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. He says thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. What was that future and what was that hope? What was that future and what was that hope? Look at verse 10. Verse 10. For thus saith the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place, Jerusalem. Then verse 11. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Someone there is like, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> you must have even organized the conference with that thing that <laughs> For I know. But you see, the thoughts were the thoughts about Jerusalem. You see? The knowledge of those thoughts was about Jerusalem. He says to give you an expected end. In other words, I yeah, 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 yeah. I'll teach you the end times. <laughs> For them to return to Jerusalem, nobody was going to frustrate that. But they were under captivity for 70 years. They call it the 70-year sabbatical period. Jerusalem was plundered. They were all carried into exile. Now, who is declaring this prophecy? Jeremiah. Right? Then, in Daniel, Daniel tells you, I understood by books the number of years. Oh, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 3, he says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So, Daniel understood the number of years by Jeremiah. So, Daniel read Jeremiah 29, 10 and 11. When he read that, something was stuck on the inside of him. He understood and calculated by the prophecy of Jeremiah that about that time, about that time, Jerusalem, Judah, shouldn't have been in Babylon. And then he began to seek God by the prophecy of Jeremiah. And now when the Lord comes to him, that's when you have verse 20. Yeah? God does not just reveal to him the return to Jerusalem like Jeremiah had prophesied but God committed unto him the revelation of all time of all time I fear such men that a man could look through 500 years ahead and articulate those years here, someone can see what you ate yesterday and you kiss their shoe. <laughs> a man articulated 500 years and more. So now, let's, let's go. Hallelujah. Let's go. 20, 20, 20, 24, 24. Now, look at this. Look at this. 70 weeks 
are determined for your people and your holy city. 70 weeks. <laughs> 70 weeks. Isn't that amazing? That to the Lord, eh? one day is like a thousand. Now, when he, when he talks about 70 weeks, you might think these are weeks. Hmm? But these are weeks of years. One week is seven years. Eh? You, you give me the NIV. The NIV. He says, 77. 77 are decreed for your people and your holy city. Give me the, the good news translation. He says, 70 times 70 years. Right? He says, is the length of my God. Father be praised. Is the length of time that God has set for freeing your people and your holy city from sin and evil. He says, sin will be forgiven and a panel justice established so that the vision and the prophecy will come true and the holy temple will be rededicated. None of those things have had happened as of yet. But I want to show you something. Let's continue. 25. 25. He says, no one understands this. From, now look at this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Right? So God is not just saying, you're going to return. Yes, you're going to return. But the moment you return, you might not immediately rebuild Jerusalem. It's one thing to return to Jerusalem, but it's another to rebuild it. Right? You might not immediately rebuild Jerusalem and to restore it as it should. Because you see, when they returned, they started touching the temple. They started dealing with the temple. And many people get it wrong. There's a reason why God specifically had to draw that demarcation of from the time the decree for you to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. That means these men were going to go back after 70 years. But God wanted to give Daniel a revelation of the future from the time they start to rebuild what? Jerusalem and to restore it. Now, he says, from the time you rebuild Jerusalem and restore it, look at this, until which time? Until the anointed one, the ruler comes. So between the time when you start to rebuild Jerusalem and her walls, to the time when the ruler, the anointed one comes, it's a capital A, children of God. Who is that? Who do you think they're talking about? Jesus. I can imagine. Oh, God is wonderful. That by the 500 BCs, by the 500 BCs, Jesus was born about 5 AD. By the, but by the 500 BCs, over 500 years earlier, God was dialoguing with a man 
and he even gave the man the day when the Messiah will come. What a fellowship. And there are people still dealing with their judges' curses. Still struggling. Believe me, I'm not. You are ours. I denounce you. Me, I don't denounce you. I'll go with you. You are ours. Go! I am not going anywhere. There are people still struggling with that. But there is a man that God committed to such revelation. Not just of the time, but the event of the time. He says, from the time the decree comes for you to rebuild Jerusalem, to the time when Messiah, oh glory to Jesus. He says, to the time when the anointed of the ruler comes, there will be, how much time? Seventy sevens and sixty-two sevens. There'll be seven sevens, sorry, and sixty-two sevens. So, what is seven sevens? What's that? Seven times seven. What is that? Then what is 62 times 7? What is 62 times 7? Hello, what is 62 times 7? Your engineers, I have my brothers who studied from here. And they praised in their day. What is 62 times 7? 400 and what? 400 and? Plus, uh, how, how, uh, what, how? Plus 60 what? Plus 49. So add that value. 483. But you need to understand that the Hebrew calendar is not like the calendar of the Romans. What you have today is the Roman calendar. It's different. Yours depends on what? It's the solar. Yeah? But the Hebrew calendar is, is, is lunar. Praise the Lord Jesus. You, they have 360 days a year. We have 365 you get what I'm saying? So, I don't want to get you into the mathematics of converting from the... Because God was speaking as per the Hebrew calendar. So, I don't want to go into the mathematics of converting 483 yeah, into uh, the, 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 the Hebrew calendar. But you can do that. It will give you about 476. 476, right? So, the question is... If I know, if I know the day <laughs> the decree was issued for the walls of Jerusalem to be rebuilt, will I know the time Messiah will come? Because you see, there's a tendency to say, the Bible says, we know not. Well, let me tell you, we shall know when the second coming of Christ will be. But we know not when the rapture will be. Because when you're dealing with the second coming of Jesus, he says, he that has read Daniel will understand. It will be plain. It will be open. Why? Because there are signs that will play out that Daniel testifies of. And Jesus gave witness to the very uh, declaration of Daniel. But when he's talking about the rapture again, you see, he says that day and that uh, hour, no man knoweth. You see? 
But again, he did not say that here no man knows. He already made a mistake to give us a starting point. He's giving us the numbers here. Is that okay? He's giving us the numbers here. And when the scripture says that that day will come like a thief in the night, it's not for the believer. Stop quoting that. He says that day is going to come like a thief in the night. Because you see, when he relates to uh, the night, he's talking about ignorance versus knowledge, light. And the Bible says you are not the children of the night. You are the children of the day. So why it will come as a thief in the night again is because they willfully, they willfully forsook that knowledge. And so they did not know again by the scriptures to tell of the times that they couldn't put the pieces together to, to, to appreciate the times and seasons. And so it found them as a thief. But because we are consistent with the word of God, we know how to place times and events. And that day will find us prepared. That day will find us prepared. I, I don't know about you. In fact, when, when Paul is talking about the teaching of the end times, the teaching of the rapture and the second coming, he said, it is meant to give us hope. So if someone is teaching on the rapture, the end times and the second coming of Jesus, and all they're doing is showing your place in the lake of fire, that is not a teacher sent from God. Let me ask a question. Right? There's what they call the fight from judgment and the judgment of the Lamb. When someone says, judgment day is coming, ask them which one in particular. Because the white throne judgment is not for believers. It's for sinners. The judgment of the Lamb is for the believers. Listen to me very well. By the time you are raptured, it means you have gone with Jesus. Right? You have gone with. And the Bible says you will never depart from him again. And you'll always live in his sight. I, I always tell people, every man that will be raptured, are you hearing me? Has sealed their judgment. The rapture in its own will tell you that you're not for the lake of fire. Why would I be raptured to go to the lake of fire? And yet before that judgment, you're going to spend seven years with the Lord Jesus. Seven years experiencing what the Bible calls the marriage supper of the Lamb. Seven years. And what will be happening down here is what they called Daniel's last week. Remember, there are 70 weeks determined. Right? We have seen seven sevens and 62 sevens. So those are 69 weeks. But how about the one week? The one week will find us in heaven. For seven years with Jesus. 
But down here, that one week is going to be divided into two halves. Three and a half, three and a half. Life will still be going on here. I wonder what the news will be saying. Governments will be. Politicians will still be doing their work. Some churches will be. There are even those that will be preaching. (laughs) Sorry. Jesus, I'm telling you the truth. But the one that will be claiming to preach. Now, Now listen. Listen. Listen to this. Nobody should deceive you that the world will see the first coming of Jesus. The first coming, what you call the first coming of Jesus is for him to come and go with the church. That's the rapture. The Bible says he will not step his foot on the earth. It says we'll catch up with him in the sky. We'll be caught up with him in the air. He says, we shall join those who died first in the Lord. Glory to God. Thank God for those who died saved. Thank God for those who died believing. Oh, I should encourage somebody here. Your mother who went to be with the Lord. Let me tell you something. Don't think oh, when you're raptured, you'll be the one running to look for. No, you'll find her waiting for you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. God has a way of comforting us. He says the dead in Christ shall rise up first. Wow. And then for us down here, huh, the world will call it magic. Something will happen to us. These bodies will become something else. And then, you see, the Bible says we'll be caught up. In other words, you will not understand the metamorphosis of how that body is going to defy physics. <laughs> He says, we'll be caught up. The world is half puzzled. In a week of a second, the God of an eye. Hallelujah. But all these things will happen before the tribulation. And I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says, for unto us, it was not appointed for wrath. And who begins the tribulation? It's the Antichrist. But the Antichrist cannot come now, the Bible says, because the restrainer is still present. And the restrainer is the church and the Holy Spirit. Can I I use this? Hallelujah. Uh, Yes. Somebody say glory to God. Say glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know what the devil is going to think. When you understand? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the devil is going to think. Woo! He says, now dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how we will be gathered to meet him. So he's not going to step down. It is the second, listen, the second coming of Jesus, all men will see it. But when he's coming for the church, they will not see. They won't. Don't be deceived. Actually, let me even make it worse. Hmm? Nobody will see you go. When you study the scripture, there is nothing to, that says 
they had an explanation of well, I saw I was, and then I just saw but no the Bible says they will turn around and you know says two women will be in the field you understand and one will be different. you understand that's what it says can I, can I go there two men will be working together in the field one will be taken the other left continue two women will be grinding flat the meal one will be taken and the other left now you think about and let me tell you hmm? what do you think of the spirit of a system because by the time we are raptured the very spirit that said of Jesus how that his body was stolen is going to craft some sort of statement to say hey these people don't you know Bafere they have always been Bafere we will know them they must have used some sophisticated esoteric alien sort of science but they are somewhere and we shall find them I'm sure they're even going to put watchdogs to look for us may that never happen to you because again after the rapture the ones who will believe after the rapture the Bible says for them their salvation is only if they endure the end. But again, in that time, I feel there's a lot I want to say about the end times. Praise the Lord. So you go back. (laughs) You go back. He says, now dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he will be gathered to, how we will be gathered to meet him. He says, don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those that say, the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from who? From us. Next verse. He says, don't be fooled by what they say. Look at this. For that day will not come until there is great rebellion against God. So he's talking about the coming of our Lord. Right? Then we'll be gathered to do it. So, one of the signs, that's why I told you, we might not know the day of the rapture, but we will know the signs. Yet for the second coming of the Lord, we will know the day and the signs. But before the rapture, the Bible says there's going to be a great rebellion against God. He says, and the man of lawlessness, go back to verse 2, verse 2, verse 2, verse 2, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Continue. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Continue. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness revealed the one who brings now he's talking about two things here 
He's talking about the second coming of the Lord and the rapture. Right? The second coming of the Lord and what? And the rapture. Now, when he says, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction, that man will not find us here. You understand? That man, let me show you, I'll prove that. Continue, continue. He says, he will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Continue. Continue. Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back. You know what is holding him back. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. Only when his time comes. So what is holding him back is because it's not yet his time. The restrainer of that is the church. It's, it's the day and the age of the church. Hallelujah. It's not yet his time. Give me the, the amplified version of that. Hallelujah. He says, and now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. It is so that he may be manifested in his own appointed time. Remember, he brings what? He brings what? He brings destruction. He brings what? Destruction. Remember that. He brings destruction. And I'll show you that in Daniel 7th, the last week, which is the 70th week, the Bible says, when they say peace and safety, when they say peace and safety, he says, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Then sudden destruction comes upon them. Who brings destruction? It's the Antichrist. But before he brings destruction, we are in heaven. The last week reveals the church in heaven, but the, the, the Antichrist, praise God, exalting himself as God on earth, when he says peace and destruction, he is the, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, he's going to use the preaching of peace to win the heart even of Israel, the country. He'll promise people peace. And the third temple, the third temple, he's going to help them to build it. The Bible says he conquers with peace. He conquers with peace. So they'll look at him and say, this is, we can trust this man. We can work with him. The problem is you guys, when they talk of the Antichrist, you think when he comes out, he says, finally I've come. No. He'll be smart. A human being like you. Very smart. Very calculated. A man of perspective. With programmed trajectory of how he should do his things. Hallelujah. Of how he should do his things. He will conquer with peace. 
the Bible says, but when he realizes that his time is about, remember, he'll be given a time for the great rebellion. He's going to sit in the temple, the very temple he built for them in Jerusalem. This man is going to come from a government And can I show you where he's going to come from? He's going to come from Europe. He'll come from Europe. I'm going to show you the scriptures. Me, I'm not looking for followers. I'm serving Jesus here. Hallelujah. Look at that, Daniel 8.25. And through his policy, look at that, his policy, he shall also cause craft to prosper in his hand. The Bible says he shall magnify himself in his heart. Look at this. And by peace, by peace, write that scripture down. By peace, he shall destroy many. Look at this. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without a hand. Now that is... Uh, that is when the Lord returns. When we return with the Lord. Let me tell you something. It's going to be seven years with Jesus. And immediately after the seven years, Jesus is going to return to put an end to the tribulation. Yeah? And the Bible says he's going to return with tens of thousands of his saints. Riding on horses. My God. If, if you don't know how to ride a bajaj, it's okay. If you don't know how to ride a car, it's okay. Tell me about woman. What kind of ride of horses? And the Bible says we will be coming with the Lord to make war with the Antichrist and his allies. We are going to land at Mount Olives in Jerusalem. That's where the Son of God is going to step his feet. The Bible says, the rich people of this world, the wicked people of this world, they will see. The Bible says they will see the signs of his coming. Because one of those signs is the earth will not have light. The earth will not have light for some good days. The Bible says, then they will say to themselves, big generals of armies, they will say, the Bible says they will say to, to the mountains, follow us. And the mountains will refuse. The Bible says they'll seek death, but death will run away from them. The Bible calls that the day of terror of the Lord. The terror of the Lord. He says all eyes will see him. Because you see, the problem is when he came the first time through Mary, he came as a preacher of salvation. He came as a giver of mercy. He came as a giver of grace. The Bible says, but they believed him not. But the second time, he's not coming as a preacher of mercy. He's coming as a warrior. The Bible says he comes to make war and judge the nations of this world. Someone hearing me. 
But something is going to happen in Israel in the last three and a half years. Because the first three and a half, the Antichrist will be revealed. We will not be here. Very strange. The first three and a half, the Antichrist will be revealed. Like Daniel says, please help me project those scriptures. Eh? So quick, we'll come there. Okay, let's read this first. Let's read this first. You know why we are connecting? It is obvious. <laughs> Hallelujah. Read Jude chapter 1, chapter 14 and 15. Ah, Jude chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Quickly, let's read. One to one we go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, wait. Enoch was what? From who? So Enoch was just so close with the beginning, right? You find Enoch in which book? Genesis. In Genesis, Enoch was prophesying that Jesus was going to come back to the world one day with believers. Enoch was a prophet. You see, this was Enoch's prophecy. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of this saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly uh, committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against it. Zechariah reveals the same too. And John the Apostle in the book of Revelation reveals the same. So it's like in every generation, God kept telling those people, <laughs> they are people, they are new creatures. They are new creatures. They will come back to judge this world. That's the power they will have. They will judge this world with the Lord. They will judge this world with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the first three and a half of the last week of Daniel, remember, we've looked at that. Now, I'm going to help you understand how, what, does the Bible dictate the time after Messiah had come and the time of the rapture? Is there a time frame in the middle? Does the Bible talk about that time? Because amazingly, in as much as God committed such great revelation to Daniel, God did not show him. Are you hearing me? It's like God walked with him from the time he told him of the time when the walls of Jerusalem will be built again to the time when Messiah will be cut off. Then God jumped. The time when Messiah is cut off. Are you hearing me very well? Yeah? To the time he'll, he'll, the church will be raptured and again revealed to him the last week. Because Daniel's 70th week does not follow the order it should have. That's what it was meant to be like. But you know what changed that time? And again, there's a reason why God didn't give it to Daniel. I have a question for you. Hosea and Daniel, who lived first? Answer me. Who lived first? Who? Who? Why do you say Hosea? <laughs> Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Amazingly, the time Daniel never saw, Hosea saw it. Remember one day to the Lord, he says what? He says what? Now, I want us to read Hosea chapter 6 from verse 2. You will know that all these prophets were relevant. And you will see that prophets were reading prophets. But today, one preacher cannot read from another preacher. Why is that so foolish? One preacher cannot listen to another. Was so foolish. But Daniel was reading Jeremiah. That's humbling. That meant Daniel attended Jeremiah's prophetic service. Hosea chapter 6, 1 to 2. We go. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has done and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us. Now look at this. Look at this. Look at this very well. You see, when he talks about them being torn, yeah? Yeah? And then being smitten. It's, it's God deliberately allowing Israel or does that seed of Abraham in the flesh to come under the subjection of Gentile dominion? Remember how through Ezekiel and through Isaiah he promises that they shall be scattered all over the world? You remember? How that they shall be scattered all over the world? This is it. He says he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has smitten us, but he will bind us. Now, help me read the next lines. One to one we go. And after two days will he revive us. Uh-huh. In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall do what? We shall do what? Now, there are people who also used this scripture. Eh? And they related it to the three days of Jesus in the grave. But I have a question. He says on the third day we shall live in his sight. Are they living in his sight? Because when he talks about living in his sight, he's talking about them being able to see him, to live with him. Now, now listen. That is the time when Jesus is going to come back to the world. It's the only place in the scriptures that records that Israel will behold their God and live with him for 1,000 years. We shall be with the Lord Jesus in Jerusalem for 1,000 years. And the people which will be alive there, they'll be able to live with Jesus in their sight. We will reign. He will reign from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. Who understands what I'm talking about? But again, of course, after their thousand years, 
some gentleman is going to come back again. I'll, 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 I'll share that. All about that time, human life will be existent. Human life will be existent. Hallelujah. So if the third day is the day when they will live in his sight, we now know it's the 1,000 years when Jesus has come back and touched base at Jerusalem on Mount Olives with the saints, right? What are the two days? Because the 1,000 years begin after, after Jesus has put an end to the tribulation, after the false prophet has been defeated, after the Antichrist has been what? Defeated. And after he has made war with the dragon. Are we together? That's when the 1,000 years begin. He will be with them. They will see him. That's the third day. So the two days, the two days, the two days is begins from the 69th week of Daniel. I hear him. To the time of the rapture of the church. So those two days is what Paul the Apostle calls the times of the Gentiles. He says, until the times of the Gentiles. Romans 11, 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That, he says, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. He says, until the fullness of the Gentiles, huh? until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. The word their fullness is actually the full number. Give me the NIV. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. So, these two days are 2,000 years. thousand years. When did the times of the Gentiles begin? Do you remember when Jesus there's a reason why the revelation that came to Daniel said huh, that seven weeks yeah, and 62 weeks are determined between the time when Jerusalem and the walls of Jerusalem shall be built and the time when Messiah, actually as the version said, when Messiah shall be cut off shall be cut off when you calculate that time it will take you to Easter is it Easter Palm? it will take you to Palm they call it Palm what? Palm Sunday it will take you to Palm Sunday and that was the day Jesus was entering Jerusalem. A week later, Messiah was cut off, like the prophets revealed. But in that same week, this is 
what Jesus said to them. He said, I will not turn to the Gentiles. And he said, I will not come back to you until you say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That was the day God switched business. He left Israel and came to the Gentiles. And he has been with us for 2,000. They're not yet even... I'm going to help you calculate. So you you yourself, you will know. I've, I've shown you from the scripture. It's not my wisdom. You yourself, you will know. Whether, really, the Son of God is about to come. You understand what I'm talking about? 476 according to the solar, the lunar. 483 according to the solar. Praise God. Kindly let me know how much time I have left. Hallelujah. Brings you to 31 AD. 31 AD. That was exactly the time Jesus died. That was the time he left this world. That was the time he was cut off. That was the time he was betrayed. So you calculate. And and, I'm boldly saying this without fear because it's the word of God. The essence of the scripture is to give us certainty. So if I, if, I, if, I, if I fear before you, it means I doubt the word. So you calculate 2,000 years from 31 AD. You will even understand why you're having some of these gestures that are already happening. See, like Jesus says about the rumors of war. You've seen it's happening. It's happening. You heard about pandemics and plagues. The world had never experienced the one that happened, COVID. What never? Some of you, COVID was just a laboratory error. No, that thing was from the devil. The signs are playing out. You need to be with understanding as you reconcile the times with the scriptures to know. So you calculate the time. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not. You calculate. But as you calculate, I want to tell you this. Get ready. Anytime it's happening. I would love to tell you about the tribulation. But it's terrible if I, if I don't tell you about your part. Because the tribulation is not your part. But you need to know and you will know it. Now, the problem is this. Because again, he says, after the time, when the times, when the Gentiles are come to the full, God will turn back. He will turn back. He will turn back to Israel again. And you know how that's going to happen? He is going to send a spirit of grace and of supplication among them. Because remember, they rejected the Son of God. They rejected the Son of God. Ay, this is too much time. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to, thank you, okay. 
they rejected. So I think I'll use the other bits to, to talk about the tribulation. If I can, then help us also to... You see, when people are reading the book of Revelation, they just read it. They actually don't know that from, 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 from chapters 3, 3 to 6, huh? chapters 3 to 6, praise God, the church is not on earth. 6 to 18, tribulation. 18, 21, judgment. So it's very confusing because <laughs> you approach it with human wisdom. You approach it with what? I'm going to show you something very powerful. Can I go back to where Jesus tells these people of how they had rejected him and now he, he has turned to the Gentiles? But amazingly, there is also another one. Okay, let's look at Matthew 23. 38 to 39. Who is writing? Who is writing? Okay, if I am fast, it's because there's no time, yeah? But you'll get the audio, right? Now, let's read. One to one, we go. This is Jesus. Now, tell me about this is 31 AD. Yeah? This is 31 AD. This is where the 62 weeks end that Daniel gave. 31 AD. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me again. You shall not see me again until you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Look at this. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. That was the last time they saw him. Okay, let's. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit says I should. I should show them something. Go, go back. That was the last time they saw him. By the way, if you're a follower of news, I want you to know something. I want you to know something. Three years ago, the the plan, the architectural. How many people are architects here? You, you want to become an architect? Okay, civil engineers. Yeah. Go and make this research. Three years ago, the plan for the new temple, there is no temple in Jerusalem now. It's not there. I want to show you that when God says he declares the end from the beginning, the things that are not yet done, he declares them. So you can trust the word. So you can trust the scriptures. There is no truth outside the scriptures. The blueprint for the next, the third temple has already been released. Now I have a question. What does that tell you? That where the Antichrist is going to sit and call himself God, the blueprint is out. And the other day I overheard one of the skeptical figures said they wanted to start discussing, last month but one, discussing with Israel about building the temple.
events are playing out. But if we don't keep the knowledge of his word, we will pretend to be surprised and yet all the while he spoke to us. Jesus continues with them. Okay, first Timothy 21, 21. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Of Luke. He talks of how he will turn to the Gentiles that will receive the kingdom and they will bear fruit by it. I'm, I'm giving you this because I need to justify the two days and the three, the third day. Hallelujah. Of Hosea. Praise God. So you have the two and three days of Hosea, but you also have the 70 weeks of who? Of Daniel. Right? Am I teaching good? Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. Are you there? Look. Look, look, look. This gentleman is good. I've not even opened my Bible. Everything I want is just clap for him. God give you a woman who will go to heaven. <laughs> Some of you, eh? <laughs> you want to marry men and women who, who are like that person that I still wonder who preached to that guy. Hmm? Can you imagine that is someone's flock? He sang and said, In heaven there's no beer. We only take it here. Because when we go to heaven, we shall only praise them. And that is someone's sheep. Hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, may God give you a husband or a wife. That will go to heaven. <laughs> Okay, Matthew 21, 43. Help me read. One to one we go. Therefore, say I unto thee. Okay, can I have... Uh, let's start from 40, 41. Let's start from 41. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's read. One to one we go. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits of their season. Let's start from a relative uh, place. Hallelujah. I don't want to be like those people. <laughs> you start from a relative place. Praise God. Now read with me this parable. One to one we go. Here, another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and did a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. Uh -huh. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and struck him. Uh -huh. Again, he sent other servants more than the first and they did likewise unto them. Did you realize he's talking about the character of the Israelites? Yeah? Continue. 
But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. Are you following the story? Next verse. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. Remember, at week 62, Messiah shall what? Shall be cut off. This is Daniel talking to us. Continue. When the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? Continue. He says, they say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits of their seasons. Now, help me read what Jesus said. One to one we go. Jesus said unto them, did you never read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the sand has become the head of a corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Continue. Therefore say I unto you, come on, haha, uh-huh, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, the Jews, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits there. Can I have the NIV? The NIV. Let's read one to one we go. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who produce uh, its fruits. Uh, uh, Amplified. Amplified. He says, I tell you for this reason the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who produce the fruits of it. So the kingdom was taken from them and given to the Gentiles. (coughs) Praise the Lord Jesus. And so the kingdom is with us for how long now? It's going to be with us for how long? 2,000 years. So what happens after 2,000 years? Because the 2,000 years is actually called the time of the Gentiles, but it's also the time of the church and the Holy Spirit. You see? So when the church goes, then we are not going to go into 2,001 years now. We're now going to this last week of Daniel, the 70th week. But when you read this scripture, you will see (laughs) that surely it was the mercy of God. The Bible actually says we were just included. Every time you see a Gentile somewhere speaking in tongues, let that tell you the mercy of God. Let that tell you the grace of God. The Bible says we were just included. He says in Ephesians, we were aliens to the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise. He says we had no God in this world and we had no hope. You study the law, you see how God called the Gentiles dogs. Some of you have not read the scripture well when he says, and he came unto his own and his own received him not. He was talking about the Jews. They were his own. They received him not. And then he says, but now, whosoever believeth. So it's not about the Jews anymore. Whosoever believeth. Haven't you read about the Gentile woman? Matthew chapter 15 from verse 20. She says, my Lord, my, my daughter is grievously vexed by a devil. Come and heal. The Lord said, it is not proper for me to take the bread of the children and give it to the dogs. 
because we were called dogs. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, Scripture for us see that the heathen shall be justified by faith. He preached the gospel to Abraham. Paul says we were a wild branch that was just engrafted. We were just added into. Now this is the reality of it. When he turns from Jerusalem, he says, I will not come back to you. But the kingdom shall be given to a nation. The word there is a people, Gentiles. That's why Romans declares that we which sought not after righteousness have attained unto it. Because we sought it by faith and not by the works of the Lord. It will amaze you when you read from Paul. There's a way he puts those pieces together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, before he leaves in their sight, after the 2,000 years are over, he will turn to them. But remember, he comes to back and end to what? To the tribulation. But look at this. Zechariah chapter 12. Zechariah 12 from 10. Now you read. Help me read. Help me read. One to one we go. Now this is when he turns back to, to Israel. Remember their hearts are hard. You know why? Because they have a problem. The Jews have a problem if a man comes in the flesh and is calling himself God. They are okay with you calling yourself God as long as you're not human. And another thing, when he came, they expected a politician, not a savior of souls. And yet the politician in Jesus that is coming is in the second coming. That's when he's now going to beat nations for their sake. You see? So they believed more the prophecies about the Jesus who came the second time. And not the one who came to die on the cross. Because they wanted the restoration of a physical kingdom. And not a spiritual one. Which kingdom now is with us? Today, if you are a born again believer in Israel, they exile you. The Jews that are believers go through the names of NGOs and charity organizations to preach the gospel stealthily. The other day I was interacting with a, with, with a Hebrew child. I said, let me prove this theory. Asked him, do you know Jesus? This is Jesus. Yes, we know Jesus. We know him. He's another religion. Just another religion. We, we know him. And he says, what religion are you? Says for us we are we are Jude, we, we are for Judaism. We believe the law, we believe Moses. But Jesus, ah, they, they don't talk about him a lot. They don't talk about him a lot. That is how much he's rejected. Up to today. 
they believe Moses. And yet Moses told them, there's a prophet that God is going to raise. When he comes here, him, they refused. So how are they going to be able to recognize him? Now we know that their hearts are hardened. It's going to take the mercy of God again. In fact, in the last seven years of the world, which is the last week of Daniel to make the 70th week, God is literally going to raise up 144,000 preachers from among the Jews. To preach the gospel again to Israel. To preach Christ again. You've also heard about the, the, the two witnesses. There are people who have deceived people about the two witnesses. Say, the two witnesses, I think it's Elijah. And I think it is, uh, it is Moses. Hallelujah. But we'll see that too. So the work of the two witnesses also. And yet amazingly, in the time when the two witnesses will preach, nobody will be saved. But in the time when the 144,000 will preach, there are people who will be saved. Those people that will be saved are called the, 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 the saints of the tribulation. When they die, they'll go to heaven. You see what I'm saying? The saints of the tribulation. When they die, they'll go to heaven. You'll see it in the book of Revelation. If I get time and try to, 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 to. I don't want to be a saint of the tribulation. I don't. Where well, you have to prove by works that you love God. Proving by works. One of the things that will happen is you'll have to endure. The Bible talks of uh, demon spirits that are going to come through locusts. And their work, the Bible says they are 200 million. They're going to come through locusts and their work is to just eat human flesh. But they were, not, they were instructed not to kill. So think about enduring that just because you want to go to heaven. Man, you better fix yourself now. You get the point. Praise God. So Zechariah 12, 9, 10. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So, this we will be here with Jesus. We will have come with him. The Bible says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the what? The spirit of grace and of supplication. Remember, their eyes failed to recognize the Son of God. They killed him. They even said to Pontius Pilate, crucify him. His blood is on us. And yet the law pronounced punishment for anyone if, if, the, if a person's blood was on you. But see how they were ready. They said, we shall accept punishment from God, but kill him. That's how much Messiah was rejected. 
But now for them to embrace him again, it will take grace. That's why we preach the grace of God. Only the grace of God can break hard ground. Only. Because the Bible says, he's coming to destroy the nations that went against Jerusalem. But instead of destroying Jerusalem, for them, he opens their eyes. He gives them revelation. The Bible says, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. Look at what the spirit of grace and of prayer does. He says, and they shall look upon me. Whom they did what? Whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Finally, it dawns on them that this man who has come to save Jerusalem from the nations is the very man who came through a virgin. But they rejected him. But they pierced him. That understanding alone will give them repentance. They will weep. They will mourn bitterly. And I know why they will do so. It will dawn on them that the God of their father Abraham, they rejected him. You can't stand that pain. You can't. It's like you killing your own mother when you don't know. Have you seen women who have killed their own babies in sleep? Have you seen how they weep? That's what is going to happen to Israel. The Bible says he will show them their nail pierced hands. That's how I know that even up to today, Jesus still has those piercings, nail pierced hands. It's for a sign. He does not have them for the Gentiles. No. He has them for the sake of the Jews. That is why Jesus promised the 12 apostles 12 thrones. And he says they will judge Israel. What is the judgment going to be? The judgment is going to be God will say, but how comes of the entire 12 tribes of Israel, these Jews believed the Lord? I hope you understand why the gospel had to be preached first in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria first, and then to them. And I can tell you the way they rejected Jesus is the way they rejected Peter. The way they rejected Jesus is the way they rejected Paul. In fact, Paul went to them and told them, seeing that you have judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, we will now turn to the church. He was desperate for them, but they believed in him. That's why every time I see a gentleman say, In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and miracles happen, I am reminded it's the 2000. It's the 2000. But again, I don't just celebrate. It is possible that there is a number that must be included in the salvation plan of God, but for that to happen, it has to happen by me, the preacher. So there's a problem if the 2,000 years don't tell you that born again that you have to preach the gospel. You're thinking it's just 2,000 years for you to go by the 2,000. No. It 
needs the 2,000 for you to labor with God until the full number comes in. Let me tell you, every soul you win, every soul you win, every soul you win, you are adding to the number. Every soul you win, every man you preach to, you are adding to the number. It's the reason why Paul, a Jew, told Gentiles, your blood, your blood is not on my hands. I am clean of your blood. I don't know if that should be Ezekiel chapter 6. The Bible talks about those who refuse to warn and declare the truth unto the wicked. He says, for the judgment and the punishment that the wicked will face. He says, the blood of those people whom you were meant to warn and tell the truth is on your hands. So it's 2,000 years for salvation among the Gentiles. But it's also 2,000 years of laboring. In these 2,000, of course you're not going to live for the 2,000. How much time is left? Can we make use of it? Billy Graham has done his work. Sometimes I, whenever I think about heaven, I feel good. I, I don't want to come yet. Because Billy Graham is there. Reinhard Bonk is there. Maria Woodworth is there. Benson Idahosa is there. These men won cities to God. They did one-on-one evangelism. And all I want to do is go there with, with a scripture and a memory verse. If the 2,000 years cannot tell you, preach to your own biological brother, some of you stay in homes with people and they don't even know you're born again. Yet the kingdom you have received, another was forsaken for you to receive it. For me, it's not 2020. For me, it's the time of the Gentiles. For me, it's not 2030. For me, it's the time of the Gentiles. There's a number that must count you full. Listen, you keep preaching until that number comes to the full. Until that number comes to the full. When I got that revelation, I said, God, every year I'm going to win 10,000 souls for you. I've done it for two years. Now this is the third year. We have 20,000 so far. And if we've won, we win 10,000 every year. It means we preach to more than 30,000. That is better than sitting a fellowship of 100,000 people every day. Hallelujah. It's the time of the Gentiles. What are you doing? Can we go to Daniel? Then I need to, I think I'll end with, I'll just do a highlight on the book of Revelation. He says, after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. He says, the end of it shall be with the flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Praise God. Continue. He says, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Now that is, that is, uh, that is, that is, that is the Antichrist after his revelation. He's now signing treaties 
that the word of covenant is actually treaties. Praise God. And the Bible says, he shall bring an end. No, listen, but in the middle of the week, that week, remember, it's the last week. Yeah? Of the 70. So it's the 70th week. In that week, there will be signing of treaties, peace treaties. He'll promise peace. You understand? Alliances are going to be made with the Antichrist. Right? Of course, he'll promise them many things. And the Bible says, but in the middle of it, in the middle of it, so if that week is seven years, what is the middle of that week? Three and a half. Right? In the middle of it, the Bible says, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. Now, by this time, the temple has already been built. And now, the Israelites are offering to their God. Up to now, there are offerings that God allows the Israelites to do. Hallelujah. He, there are offerings He allows them to do. It might not be for you, but for them, it is. So in the middle, the Antichrist is going to move to that temple and he's going to order them to stop making sacrifice and offering to God. The Bible says, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate. Yeah? Even until the consummation which is determined is poured down to uh, is poured out on the desolate. So before his destruction, he's going to do this thing. This is what the Bible calls the 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 the, the, the abomination of desolation. It's not just desolation, but the abomination of desolation. He will stop the sacrifice and he'll say, I am God. Offer to me. These things are going to happen in Israel. Continue. Then he says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was low. Well, this now this one touches. Uh, begins to touch the dominions of the different realms, eh? the different kingdoms, uh, Babylon, Pasha, uh, um, Grecia, Rome, and then the new revised. Praise God. I think if, if they can help you get my summons, you'll find those teachings there. Praise God. You'll, I, I labor to explain, to even show why does the symbol of Russia stand as it is as a bear and yet in the bible he also talks of a nation whose symbol is a bear can i tell you how serious these things are how many of you have seen the 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 structure of the european parliament how many of you have seen it the parliament of 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 europe the european union how many what is it like let me have you not the two. Let me have it. What is it like? Do you have that photo? The European Union. And I want you to see the words that have been inscribed in the face of it. You see what I'm talking about? Because the Bible talks about <laughs> the Bible talks about a woman hmm, riding on a beast. And her name is called Europa. I love football. Those of you who have at Europa Champions League. 
you now know what Europa is. It's Europe. It's what? But then he also talks about Mystery Babylon, the mother of all harlots, the one which was drunken with the blood of the saints. And he called that one a city. Amazingly, that city is also in Europe. So the city is the mother of all harlots. Europa, the Bible calls her the, 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 the woman that sits upon many waters. Yeah? So I want you to see something here. <laughs> Revelation 17 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Of course, those are kings. Those are kings and what? Uh, kings and what? And and, 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 and and dominions. Praise God. Continue. Let, let's continue. Let's see this woman. Let's see this woman. As you find that photo. Uh-huh. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Quickly. He says, And upon her forehead, was the name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Uh-huh. Continue. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Now, there's a problem. You're, you're, you're wondering with great admiration. And, and this is John wondering. With, now you see, you will see there was a problem there. They had to help John. He said, and the angel said unto me, Why did you marvel? Because I think when John saw it, he was like, Wow, but the angel was disturbed. Wow. Yeah? Because that thing must have had a certain face. You see? That the world never knew. You continue. He says, I will tell thee of the mystery of the woman of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten horns, okay? The beast that thou sawest was and is not. The beast that you saw was and is not, yeah? And shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. Now, for those of you that know, he's talking about Gresha. He's talking about Gresha, the realm Gresha. Praise the Lord Jesus study about, you've heard about Alexander the Great? Go study. You'll see that even Daniel received revelation from God about the realm of Gracia. Yeah? He says, and they that dwelt on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life. <laughs> it is those ones. He says, from the book of life, from the foundation of the world. So th this brings us, this brings us to, to, to another thing, to another thing. When you get born again, hmm? when you get born again, right? Is your name written in the book of life? Hmm? When you confess the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, 
When is your name written? When is your name written? The Bible does not study the scriptures very well. And again, I'll sound like a false prophet if you don't study the word. The Bible only talks about names being removed. It does not talk about names being written as of first time writing. It talks about names being removed. Are you hearing me? So when you deny the Lord Jesus, your name will be removed. But when God created man, all names, all names are in that book. When you believe the Lord Jesus, that name stays. Now, <laughs> that is the, the European Parliament. That's the European Parliament. That is the image that is before the European Parliament. Remember the book of Revelation we've just read. talks of a woman that was riding what? Riding on what? On a beast. So what do you see? What's that? That's a woman riding what? A beast. Now, when you see the structure of the European Parliament, where they sit, it's not yet complete. And you wonder, with all the money they have, they can't complete that structure. But the inscription, before it says, it says, it says, we might be divided. Hmm? But we are not lost. Get me that inscription. We might be divided. No, he says, we might be divided, but we have one language. That's the inscription. trace that's that, that likeliness from you want to try where the tower of Babel because that tower was incomplete they never finished it so what is the European Union saying that's where Europa remember Europa is are you seeing that the tower of Babel that is the European Union Parliament. Uh, this is the structure. The way they built it. Huh? Are you seeing how they built it? They reached someone up. They left to show they're still adding. Eh? I want the inscription. I can't read the inscription. The words are here, but I just can't read them. I just can't read them. It says we might be divided, but we have one language. That spirit is the same spirit that walked through those men. When they said, we, we, we want to reach heaven. We want to reach heaven. And God confounded them with diverse languages. But these ones are saying, we, can, we, are, we are continuing with our pursuit. Yeah? We must dethrone God. And make ourselves good. That's where these things are coming from. It's where these things are coming from. And amazingly, they are all in the Bible. 
How can it be a coincidence? The beast and the woman, they are before the parliament. The parliament itself is a denotation of the incomplete tower of Babel. And the words they are using to seem to say, this is what joins us as the nations. Praise the Lord Jesus. That's where the one world religion is going to come from. It's going to come from Europe. I don't need God to tell me that. It's going to come from Europe. Hallelujah. Is someone's eyes open? If, if there are things I don't say, at least I've made reference. And I've, I've tried my best to try to touch everything and everywhere. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, let, let me just give you a wrap-up of, uh, of the book of Revelation. Just a wrap-up. And then we finish. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The book of Revelation was written in 96 AD. And... Uh, it was given by John the Revelator. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in chapter 4 of that book, in chapter 4, there is no discussion again about the churches. Like we saw the discussions about the churches in chapter 2 and 3. That means from chapters 4 to chapter 19, the church is in heaven. So praise God. And from chapter 19, that's when the tribulation series begins. So the tribulation series begins. So the moment you enter, you enter chapter 4, the moment you walk out of chapter 4, praise the Lord Jesus, you are starting the last week of Daniel 70 weeks. Right? And you are walking out of the 2,000 years of the time of the Gentiles. Praise God. Uh, in chapter 18, in the tribulation series, we see the destruction of Babylon, the mother of Halots. There's a judgment for Babylon, the mother of Halots. Chapter 19, the Bible talks about the voices of much people in heaven. So there are people in heaven already, huh? but a lot is going on down here. The voices of much people in heaven, inclusive 24 elders, the 12 patriarchs, the 24 elders, the 24 elders are the 12 patriarchs and the 12 apostles. Praise God. Don't try to think the 24 elders are some animals. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then, uh, when we enter into uh, Revelation chapter 6 from verse 1, remember, as you step out of 4, actually 4 into 6, right? Uh, the church is in heaven. You see, the rapture has happened. Six, all the way to 19, the tribulation series. Praise the Lord Jesus. And that's the last week of, of, of Daniel. When we say the last week of Daniel, those are the, 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 that's the 70th week. Praise the Lord. So, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1, the first seal is opened. The Antichrist uh, is conquering the world with peace. The Bible calls him a man with a bow that has not an arrow. And yet we know that Jesus uh, uh, uses a sword. He does not use an arrow. So there's a reason why this 
Antichrist in when the seal is broken, this man is also riding on a horse. You understand? Like our Lord is going to come on a horse. So it's Antichrist. He wants to be like Christ, but he's not. This one comes with a horse, with a bow, without an arrow. This one comes with a horse, yeah, with a crown, yeah, yeah. No, this one comes with a horse. He needs no crown, but he uses a sword, not an arrow. So, if the Antichrist has a bow and not an arrow, what does that tell you? That he's going to fight with peace. He will use peace and deception to conquer, right? So you will see that in Daniel chapter 9, 26 to 27, and Daniel chapter 8, 23, 24. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 3, the second seal is opened. And when the second seal is opened, what is happening? Peace is taken from the earth. Why? Because now the Antichrist has declared himself as what? As God. He says when they say peace and safety, then he says sudden destruction shall do what? Shall come upon the earth. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 5, the third seal is opened. When the third seal is opened, now all this is tribulation. The series of tribulation is the judgment that men brought upon themselves. You see, it's not God releasing judgment. No, it's the devil, you're, you're getting me, exercising his wickedness. Hallelujah. The third seal is opened, and when the third seal is opened, inflation and famine hits the earth. That was prophesied in Lamentations 5, 4 to 9. He tells you of how in that time, just because of food. Yeah? Can we read that? Then you'll also read Ezekiel 4, 10 to 11. Lamentations 5, quickly, 4 to 9. He says, we have drunk our water for money. Our wood is sold unto us. Next verse. He says, our necks are under persecution. We labor and have no rest. Think about, think about uh, you, that time people are literally going to have to pay for water, to pay to drink water, to pay because everything, the Antichrist is going to own everything. So you better shower now when, when water is... <laughs> Okay, he says, we have given the hand to the Egyptians and to the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. So that's going to happen. That is when the, 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 the third seal is opened. The fourth seal is opened, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 7. You see now that again, Revelation chapter 6 begins off with the tribulation series, right? So the fourth seal is opened and what happens? Death is released and the fourth part of the earth is killed with sword. They are killed with sword. They're killed with hunger, they're killed with death, and the beasts of the earth. Hallelujah. Uh, you'll see that in Matthew 24, 21. You'll see that in Daniel 11, 25. You'll also see that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verses 4. Uh, now, I want you to know something. About this time, about, tell your neighbor about this time. So, we are already past the three and a half. We are now journeying into the next three and a half, Right? In the next three and a half, about this time, God is going to raise 144,000 preachers, those are Jews, to preach the gospel. You'll see that in Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 to 4, and Revelation 14, verse 1 to 5. One thing I need to help you understand is, the way the book of Revelation is written, it's not written in chronological order. But if you understand Daniel, you see, 
and the prophets, you will know, you will place them according to the weeks that Daniel spoke of. Is that clear? So, uh, the fifth seal is opened, that is Revelation 6, 9, and persecution has come. Verse 11, now you begin to see the tribulation saints. So, the, the 144,000 are preaching, right? But the gospel is not only ending in Jerusalem, it is spreading all over the world. And the people that are believing God in that time, they are called the saints of the tribulation. Why? They believed in the hardest time. Hallelujah. The saints of the tribulation. Revelation 14, 6. Now, in this time, someone said, Blessed Jesus. Say, Blessed Jesus. Say, Thank you for your love. Can you imagine, even in the hardest time, God is going to appoint an angel for evangelism? I don't know who in the Christian unions is in charge of evangelism. But pray that I don't have a one-on-one -on -one with you, the one who is in charge of evangelism. You will weep. This is what evangelism means to God. He says, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, the Seventh-day Adventists, they say, well, they, <laughs> okay, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. There's a message that will be preached for that time. That message is not necessary now. That's why they didn't tell us what that message is. The book of Revelation didn't tell us what that message is. And then you find the people saying, preach the message of the, the angel of the last times. Okay, what is the message? This is not given. This man here was an SDA. Now you're praying for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, Revelation um, 14.6, evangelism intensifies. An angel is released for evangelism. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 12, the sixth seal is open. And listen, when the sixth seal, just Revelation chapter 6 alone, so much is happening just in that chapter. As those seals are breaking, those are events that are happening in the last week of Daniel. Right? Now, one of the things that is happening, the Lord, the signs of the coming of the Lord are now here. What are those signs? What are those signs? Revelation 6, 12. Quickly, 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 quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Someone says, thank you, Jesus. He says, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And Lord, look at this. There was a great earthquake. Remember when he talks about the signs of his coming? Leave alone these earthquakes, you see. There is an earthquake he talked about. Not these ones. Because the disciples asked him, what will be the signs of your coming? They were not asking about the rapture. They wanted to know about the signs of his coming. Because you remember, the prophecy that was given to Daniel, the Bible says, was for the Jews. And for what? Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So, he says, now, as he sat on the top of the Mount Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. The sign of your coming and the end of times. Say the end times. So, you'll continue. You'll go and read that. Uh, Revelation 6, 12. Quickly. I want us to see something. Quickly. He says, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake. Look at that. 
and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. Peter the apostle said the same thing in the book of Acts chapter 2. The moon became as blood. The signs of his coming. If you will be around when some of us are in heaven, are you hearing me? When you see the moon becoming as blood and the sun like as though it is wrapped up and some sort of earthquake, you remember, Alpha is in heaven but he told me. It's a sign of his coming. But, but, but look at this, look at this. He says, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. He says, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs. Think about that. Ghost research from science, what the stars are. He says, when she is shaken off a mighty wind, quickly continue. He says, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, you remember I told you, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Follow us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the lamb. Uh-huh. And of his wrath. He says, for the great day of his wrath is come. You see, the great day of his wrath is not for the believers. By the time, the people who are seeing this wrath, you see, they are down. For us, we are coming with the Lord. We are, we are the wrath they are seeing. Hallelujah. Amen. Quickly, I don't have time. He says, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus. I don't know how many times I have to say that. Let's continue. Uh, Matthew 24, 29, that talks about the signs of his coming. Now listen, 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 listen. Before the sixth seal, so many things had already happened, right? Even within the sixth seal, hallelujah. But I want you to know, according to the order, the order of Daniel, you see? Chapter 7 of the book of, of, of Revelation, praise the Lord, comes immediately after the third seal was opened. Remember, I was telling you about the seals and the opening, but now, when you read chapter 7, you need to know as you read it, chapter 7 comes immediately after the third seal is opened. What was in that, uh, what was in that chapter? The earth was going to be hacked. Remember, I told you by that time, 144,000 uh, Jews were preaching and they were sealed in their forehead so the earth was going to be hurt but there was a 144,000 people that were sealed in their foreheads these ones among many were also called the tribulation saints praise the Lord Jesus I don't want to go there because again there was an angel yeah that was given an instruction the Bible tells of an angel who said do not do not do not destroy the earth don't destroy the earth yet he says, for there's a 144,000 that had to be harvested. Now listen, the rapture is not going to happen once. There's a people that are going to be raptured even in the day of tribulation. Even in the day and time of tribulation. Read chapter 7. Read chapter 7. You'll find it there. Revelation 14, 1, 1000. Now, look at this. Amazingly. Amazingly, in Revelation chapter 7, 
the third seal, praise God, the 144,000 are sealed in their faces. Right? They are sealed in their faces. Hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1, the 144,000 are before God. How did that happen? How did that happen? All of them the way they are. How did that happen? The 144,000 were preaching, right? And people were believing Jesus. But they were persecuted. Some died for their faith, the saints of the tribulation. But the 144,000 were raptured. And there's also going to be another rapture. That is of the three witnesses. Praise God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So, Revelation 14, 6, the preaching of the gospel intensifies and men uh, got getting saved. Revelation 14, 14, now we are close to the end of the second three and a half years. You know, that's the end of the last week. Revelation 14, 15, and also 16, uh, the reaping of the harvest of those uh, who God saved. Praise God. That is Revelation chapter 7 and James chapter 5 and verse 7. Revelation chapter 8 and verse 1, the seventh seal is opened. Now look at this. When the seventh seal is opened, I, I still ask God, what, what, what was it about this seal that when it was opened, the Bible says there was silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. What was coming on earth? What was going to happen? Towards the end of the tribulation, the, the, the last seven years, what was it that was coming on earth that when the seal was opened and they saw it, heaven came quiet? The Bible says for about half an hour. What was it? And verse 2 of Revelation 8. He says seven angels and seven trumpets were revealed. Then we also see the prayers of the saints that are offered before God. Go read verse 5, verse 7, verse 8, verse 11, verse 12 of Revelation chapter 8. Verse 13 reveals uh, the, 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 the voices of the trumpets. He says other trumpet voices that were yet to sound. There were three more devastating curses. Now, When the seven angels and the seven trumpets are revealed, now there are curses that are going to be released on the earth. Right? That's the reason this, 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 there was silence in heaven. But by Revelation chapter 8 and verse 13, three more curses were meant to be re released, meaning four were already what? Released. And they were devastating as compared to the first four. Now that's when we, we go to Revelation chapter 9 and verse 1. The fifth trumpet is sounding. Tell me about the fifth trumpet. Verse 1, the locusts are released. I told you, verse 4, they were sent to hurt only those who have not the seal of God on their foreheads. Verse 5, they were tormented for five months, but not to kill them. Think about you being hurt and tormented by locusts for five months. How many have ever been beaten by wasps? Now, 
Think about you being beaten by a wasp for five months non-stop. That's just a wasp. Hallelujah. Then he says, in that time death shall flee from men. But I want you to know when you read verse 7 and verse 10 of Revelation 9, those are demon locusts. But verse 11, the leader tells us of the leader of the locusts whose name is Abaddon and Apollyon. The word that is destroyed. He comes from the bottomless pit. Verse 12, there are two more curses to go. So the third curse, one of the curses that made heaven quiet was the five months of what? Thank you. Okay. Was the five months of what? Five months of what? Of the torture and the heart from the locusts. Praise God. Wow. Time is up. The sixth trumpet. That is verse 13 and 14. Four angels are loose which were bound at river Euphrates. There is river Euphrates on the face of the earth. You need to know that. You need to know that. And uh, verse 15. Angels are prepared to slay 30% of human population. 30% of human population. This is in the sixth trumpet. These two angels are released. And uh, verse 15. They are prepared. Upon their uh, revelation, their work is to kill 30% of the human population. In verse 16, the Bible says 200 million was their size. Now, these are demon spirits that are also going to work with men. Let me ask you a question. Which country in the history of the world has a target of raising up an army of 200 million people? Who? It is China. So, self-explanatory. You go and find that. So, verse 20, verse 21. Uh, even when all this is done, what makes heaven silent also is no one repents. Even when the plagues did not kill them. As in, they plagued them to that level. God even didn't want them to die. But they still refused to repent. You know why? Because they took the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is something that will erase human consciousness. There will literally be no synchronicity of the human element with truth. You've heard of how men uh, are going to be, they're literally going to develop a sort of science where man can only know what is uploaded to their conscience. So, for example, if Google chooses not to give information about salvation and you go and type how to be saved, who is God, and you don't get it, that's what is going to be with people. They'll preach to them and do everything, but they, they just can't relate with it. Because the mark of the beast was not just a mark. The essence of it was also to erase that aspect of the, the, uh, worship, loyalty, commitment, and the response by reason of conviction. So no one repents. In this time, the two witnesses are preaching the gospel. Remember I told you? They are the only ones who can preach in this time. Why? Because think about plaguing a people who are not repenting. What will those people do to you? Five months they are plagued and they are able to stand it. They are not repenting and you are preaching. And it's obvious what you're preaching they contradict with because they are not designed to believe that you're saying truth. The Antichrist is the truth. The false prophet has already... Oh, my God, my God. Well, 
There is quite a lot. But I thank God I put those things in those sermons. Hallelujah. So, Papa Frank, uh, Papa uh, Andrew, I am clean of your blood. (laughs) Deliver the people of the Lord. Hallelujah. But I want to end by saying this. Just one thing. Of the things you have heard, it only gives hope to the one who is born again. helped us to know these things he would have kept quiet and allowed the devil to play on man 